Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Oh, baby, it is the snowpocalypse. That's right, out here in the uh, South Central area. Welcome back to the program. It is hump day. Hump day and um, wow. Uh, Let's just put it this way. I watched the grader get stuck in the middle of the road this morning as I let the dog. I dropped the dog down into the snow and she disappeared. I mean, I don't know where she went. She was gone. I mean, literally like 12 inches of snow overnight. Um, It took me, uh, it took me three hours to get home last night. Let's just put it that way. Three hours to get home from Anchorage yesterday, which is normally an hour trip. Uh, And today, well, it looks like a good day to work from home because I literally watched the grader uh, get stuck in the middle of the cul-de-sac this morning uh, as he was trying. He finally got it unstuck, but I mean, wow. <laughs> it is just like wow. And they have closed school for the whole uh, South Central area, the Matsu and the Anchorage area. Um uh, I don't know how much. I said 12 inches. Somebody in the chat room just said he's guessing closer to 16. He lives a few miles from my place here. And I mean, it. I don't know. It was a lot of snow. Let's just put it that way. Uh, it is uh, a lot of snow. And thank goodness, thank goodness um, for remote work. I guess the one silver lining of the pandemic is everybody figured out that remote work is possible and hopefully you have that option. Hopefully you have that option. Um, and it's still snowing. I mean, it's still going, not like it was last night, but it's still still snowing. And it's supposed to continue through later today, according to the uh, according to the National Weather Service. It's supposed to continue on. So the snowpocalypse 2022. I mean, who out there was dreaming of a white Christmas? This is all your fault. I'm just saying. I'm dreaming of a white, oh my goodness. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what it was like. Exactly what it was like. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, uh, welcome to the program. Good morning. How are you? Um, I am, uh, I've got, oh man. And, and I realized the one thing that I did not get done that was on my to-do list yesterday was to turn on the submission forms for the five days of Christmas. God, I'm a bad radio host. This is what happens when you are, you know, you know, this is, uh, anyway, um, uh, all, all bad all the time, uh, to, to later on this morning. Uh, in fact, as soon as we get done with the show, I will be going on and putting all that back on and turning it all back on and, and putting it together. The five days of Christmas. And you might be asking yourself, what the, what is that? Well, the five days of Christmas 
is the uh, is what we're calling this contest that we're doing with our friends over there at Satellite West. Satellite West has been kind enough to provide us with five bivy sticks, um, and uh, we are going to be giving those five bivy sticks away starting a week from tomorrow. So you'll have a full seven days, eight days to sign up for a chance to win. Um, and I think we're just going to do random drawing. Uh, I mean, I may pick somebody out of the blue as best caller of the day or something. But if you want a chance to win, and you could only enter once, uh, because I'll be filtering out duplicate you know, signups or whatever. But if you'd like to win, then uh, you'll just go to my website at michaeldukeshow.com. And uh, you'll see the Satellite West banner at the top of the page. Now, it's not turned on right this second. I know. I shouldn't be promoting it when I don't have it on. I apologize. I was planning on doing it last night, but it took me three hours to get home. All right? So uh, I'm going to do it here right after the show this morning. So later today, you can go to MichaelDukeShow.com and you can just sign up. You can sign up to win. And uh, I'll do some random drawings from the uh, from the signups. Uh, maybe one day we'll do uh, best Christmas memory or something. I mean, I don't know. I, it's I'm, this is freeform, baby. This is not some big multi megalithic radio corporation bean counter making a decision. This is me flying by the seat of my pants, which is what we love around here. This is what happens when you have a low budget radio show. You can do whatever the hell you want. So uh, get signed up to win. And uh, we're going to be giving away a free bivy stick <clears throat> every day starting next Thursday until my final day of broadcast for 2022, uh, which will be my final day of broadcast for 2022. I keep having to look at the calendar. You think I'd have it memorized by now. My final day of broadcast for 2022 will be the 21st of December, which is two weeks from today. That will be my final day of broadcast for 2022. And then I'm taking, I'm, then I'm off. I'm off for Christmas Eve, the whole week between Christmas and New Year's, and we'll be back on January the 2nd, which is Monday, January the 2nd, for 2023. All right? So, I think that uh, it's, it's exactly, it's exactly. Yes, this show is where Michael Dukes makes the rules and your points don't matter. That's exactly what this is, just like that. So, in just a little bit, starting later on this morning, noon today, whatever, go to MichaelDukeShow.com and get signed up for the five days of Christmas, courtesy of our friends at Satellite West, uh, and uh, and this the, the giveaway, the five days of Christmas, giving away five bivy sticks, courtesy of our friends at Satellite West, uh, your local radio station, and the Michael Duke Show. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, today is, in fact, Pearl Harbor Day. Thank you, Greg. That was actually next on my list. Greg, I mean, people, you know, we're like a one mind in the chat room here. I mean, they're always like, as I say things, people are actually saying the same thing in the chat room as it coming out of my mouth. It's funny to watch. But today is, in fact, Pearl Harbor Day. And we want to remember <clears throat> all those brave veterans <clears throat> who died uh, on a surprise attack on Pearl Harbor, uh, December 7th, 1941, a day that will live in infamy. And, uh, we, uh, you know, we never want to forget that. Never want to forget that. 
So uh, big, big, uh, big reminder. Uh, okay, what else we got? <clears throat> okay, I guess we, I guess we can dive into some of the headlines here. Uh, I mean, I did the whole <laughs> hashtag first world problems when you cannot find your mouse because you have so many screens. Um, all right, uh, we talked about the school closures. Uh, we haven't talked about okay. Oh, say so recounts. Let's get into the recounts, shall we? The Division of Elections is officially going to conduct two uh, recounts, uh, recounts into two legislative races after the candidates in those races have requested them. Now, only one could have real significant impacts on the makeup of the legislature, and it's unlikely to change it in the second. The one, of course, is House District 15, which is the race between Tom McKay and Denny Wells. Uh, initial vote counts had showed McCabe with a four-vote lead, um, and that expanded after the final tabulation and the final certification. That had expanded to seven votes. Now that's still well within the um, that's still well within the recount uh, threshold. Generally, recounts, uh, if they are within a half a percent, the state will do a recount free of charge at the request of the candidate. After the tabulation, McKay uh, was ahead of Wells by just 0.1% or seven votes. Now, that's the race that could make a difference because that could tip the balance inside the state house from a Democrat, uh, from a uh, pretty much a, an even split. I mean, even though they we elected 21 Republicans and 19 Democrats or others, Democrats or independents, right? 21. But of course, we know that that that, uh, you know, uh, Louise Stutz does not identify as a Republican. I mean, she identifies as a Republican, but she doesn't play one on TV. I don't know how you want to say that, but Louise Stutz is not really a Republican. She runs as a Republican, but she has no intention of working with the Republicans. She's already said in a released a press release as the Speaker of the House, as the coalition, that they're continuing on and it's going to be kumbaya. So that 21 really means nothing. So it's a 2020 split with Tom McKay being the victor in that race. Now, if the recount happens and somehow, some way, somewhere, Dunny Wells comes out of the blue and is able to recoup those seven votes and he becomes uh, the victor in that race for House District 15, well, then it's game over because then it's 21-19 the other way, right? I mean, Louis Stutes will be with the with the coalition majority and Denny Wells will be that uh, 21st vote that tips over, and there'll only be 19 Republicans who, well, are sticking together now. There, I mean, if that happens, you may see some, you may see some other bodies, um, you know, throw themselves in the water. Uh, some other rats abandon the ship, so to speak, um, other than uh, Louise Stutes. But as of right now, it is pretty much a 2020 split. So that race could have a significant impact on what happens. In legislative organization, we have no no idea what's going to happen, but we're good. we're going to be watching it. The race where it doesn't really matter, and I tried to game this out a little bit. Uh, I tried to take a look at this from a from a different standpoint. I mean, how do we you know how do I count how do we count 
some of these uh, votes and some of these races and and everything else um, is the uh, race for Senate District E, which uh, is not the Senate District E that you know Mike Shower used to be part of. This is the new District E, which is uh, in Anchorage, and this is the seat that's current was currently or was being held by Roger Holland, um, and uh, of course. We know that uh, Kathy Geisel came back uh, to be uh, Kathy Geisel came back to to challenge that district. Um, and we look at the initial results. The initial results show that um, I- the official results, the certified results, showed that Kathy Geisel came in with thirty three point six percent. Roger Holland came in with thirty three point one percent. And Rosalind Casey came in with 32.9% of the vote. So you may ask yourself, well, why demand a recount at all? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's essentially, it's a three-way tie, right? 33.6% versus 33.1% versus 32.9%. It's all within a half a percentile of, I mean, the whole thing is a hot, hot mess. So if Rosalind Casey, the Democrat who is asking for this challenge, somehow it gets a recount and is able to make up 31 votes, that's the difference between Rosalind Casey and Roger Holland is 31 votes, which would lead me to believe, because the distance between Roger Holland and uh, Rosalind Casey is uh, two and a half, two points, two, th- two, uh, point two points. Point two points, um, <clears throat> that they would then have to get another 90 votes between Roger and Kathy Giesel, right? But if she's able to get those 31 votes, well, then maybe the ranked choice makeup changes because maybe Roger's second place votes, if he does get eliminated, don't go to Kathy Giesel. Maybe they go to Rosalind Casey. Or maybe they go nowhere, in which case it narrows the overall voting pool again and they have to recalculate the percentiles. I mean, Casey could theoretically win, but she has to overcome those first 31 votes uh, that she is currently behind Roger Holland. But you don't know if you can't. I mean, they've only got two points, 0.2%, not two points, 0.2% separating Rosalind Casey and Roger Holland. And again, point. 5% separating Roger Holland and Kathy Giesel. But if if Holland was to be bumped out, his second place votes would then decide, you know, who goes goes on in the race there. It, it's an interesting it's interesting to watch this ranked choice stuff in in consequence. As I said earlier in both races the division of elections is uh is going to pay for the cost of the recount. Uh, under Alaska law, races with a margin of less than 20 voters or less than 0.5 percent, uh, they will do so. The candidate who requests a recount will not incur any cost from the state to cover the cost of the recount. So we'll have to we'll have to see. We'll have to see what uh, what goes on. Uh, but it's something that we will be watching very, very closely, uh, very, very closely. I can't wait to. Uh, Get some details on it. All right. um, Let's see. I guess we could throw the phone lines open. 
and talk about what you want to talk about because I got some news. Uh, Alaska's top election administrator is set to retire this week. That's right, Gail Fanumiai is stepping down. Is that a good thing or a bad thing in your opinion? I'd love to hear what you have to say. So I guess we'll open up the phones. How about that? 907-433-3150. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense. Liberty-based. Free thing at radio. Back with more right after this. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. So, should I answer this phone call? It says suspected spam from California. No, I'm not going to answer it. I didn't answer it, in fact. Good morning. Hello, my friends. Hello. Hello, my pretties and your little dog, too. (laughs) Whoa. I mean, whoa. Um, All right. Come on. I'm trying to get the trying to get the phone. What the actual hell is going on here? Come on. There we go. All right. Boom. All right. For calling the call in line. No, I don't want to hear myself. Thank you. Okay. Let me go over here. We'll get the web controls going. Mute that down so you can't hear that. Oh, good morning, uh, ladies and gentlemen. It is, um, I mean, I've reached the end of the year. And as you can tell, as we get closer to the end of the year and closer to that end of the year break, my concentration. I'm sorry. Did I interrupt your conversation? Uh, did I? Inter- <laughs> it was a conversation. I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? Uh, yeah. I'm just. I'm literally like shiny object squirrel man uh, right around here uh, because I'm <clears throat> getting to the point where I'm watching all this politics stuff and I'm just thinking, oof, man. No matter where you go, there you are. No matter what you do, you feel like you're climbing uphill. I mean, we may be falling forward, but we're still falling, kind of thing. Uh, anyway, um, and I just want to talk about other things this morning. Uh, I just, I just, well, I can't wait to, t- I can't wait to take a look and talk to, uh, to talk to Mike Shower because he and I have had a couple conversations, but they've been pretty brief. I mean, off air. But I'm really looking forward to seeing what he brings to the shower hour of power this morning. Uh, I didn't have time to make coffee, so I resorted to my backup plan. Monster Energy Drink. Not a sponsor of the show, but should be. Should be. I got short timers. Yes, I have. That's exactly what it is. Thank you, Terry. I was trying to figure out what it was. That's exactly what it was. I got short timers, man. Two more weeks, and then I'm off for 10 days or 12 days or whatever. How many? I guess I should count that. How many days is that? Because um, I'm doing the show, but I'm not I'm not working. I'm not going into work after. I go to the show, and then I go back to bed. Uh, so that's uh, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11, 12 days. 
Oh, 12 days, 12 whole days. I just love it. I just love it. Okay, so I'm not giving them away yet. Um, we're pretty much in tune with each other here. Hive mind, says Kevin McCabe. When I said that, you know, Greg was like, Greg just spit out almost exactly what I was going to say right at the beginning there. Um, um, all right. I need to wake up more coffee. I'm getting dizzy already. Um, word of warning, be careful with the plastic shovels. The snowfall will overload them. I mean, that snow is thick and heavy out there. I mean, I drove when I finally drove in and I had to take three runs at the driveway last night to be able to get in, which is an unheard of thing. I mean, I'm usually can go anywhere, but I had to take three runs at the driveway to be able to make it up my short little driveway. And I could see where my son had shoveled earlier in the day. He'd literally shoveled it back down to almost the pavement again, but it didn't matter because we had had six inches since the, I mean, oh man. It is a hot, hot mess out there. All right. Um, and never hear from, I'm going out. If you never hear from me again, I have a steel plate in my arm, so a metal detector where will you find me, says uh, Rick. Be careful, Rick. Uh, yeah. No, it's going to take two weeks to shovel all that snow. All right. Uh, school. All right. Um, Quit bragging about your snow, dang it. Oh, Bill is a little jealous because Bill wants to go snowmobiling. Sorry, Bill. <clears throat> I mean, it's one of the few times where you get to envy us. Usually we envy you down there. God damn, that is. All right, I got to fix that. Every time I forget, I got to re. I mean, even though I have it set at a perfect level, I have to readjust it. All right, here we go. We're jumping back into it. The Michael Luke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Let's do it. Hello. Um, hi, how are you? Welcome to Snowpocalypse 2022. <laughs> the waning days of some little kids out there going, Dear Lord, please make sure we have a white Christmas. And it's like, boom, yes, you get a white Christmas. Yes, yes, Virginia, I will give you a white Christmas. Boom. That's what you get, what you pray for. That's what it's all right there. <laughs> and that's what happened. I don't know. It's uh, it's it's crazy, crazy stuff. Um, all right. Welcome back to the program. Uh, the Michael Duke Show. Uh, coming up on tomorrow's program, just FYI, um, we're going to be talking with Representative Ben Carpenter, who is going to be joining us for his first post-election Mm, uh, recap, analysis, AAR, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Um, Representative Ben Carpenter is going to be joining us, and he's going to be talking about the organization of the House and the upcoming session and what he sees, in his opinion. Uh, on Friday, it's going to be Jeff Knox with the uh, Firearms Coalition is going to be coming in and talking with us about, uh, he just wrote an article about Walmart and how the the you know the Walmart shooting 
that this was a gun-free zone, and and there's just some analysis there. And it's been a while since I talked to Jeff, uh, who is the son of Neil Knox. For those of you who have been, you know, are familiar with uh, old ancient uh, NRA history, um, and so we'll we'll talk with Jeff Knox on Friday. Uh, oh goodness, uh, that's Friday. So we're not not only we'll talk with Jeff Knox, we'll also talk with K- Chris Chang, uh, and we'll talk with Willie Waffle. Friday's going to be a busy day, so. Anyway, and then, of course, later this morning, we're going to be talking with Mike Shower. Ah, it's all done. Okay. Um, oh, somebody just said they're shaking their head at me. I don't know why. Whatever I said made them shake their head. It happens quite often when people talk to me is that they just shake their head. So don't, don't feel bad about it. Uh, number to call this morning if you want to sound off is 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. Three one five zero, and my question before we went to break was, uh, "Have you heard the good news? Have you heard the good news, my friends? Um, Alaska's top election administrator is going to be retiring this week. The Division of Elections Director Gail Fanumiai uh, is going to have her last day uh, last day on the job on Friday." She's been there since uh, 2019. She was appointed by former Lieutenant Governor Kevin Meyer, and she has served as the state's election director, well, for almost, uh, well, she started in 2008, then went uh, left in 2015, and then rejoined in uh, 2019, and has been there ever since. So... Uh, It's been 10 years, 12 years uh, of the last 15 or so that she has been administering the elections here in the state of Alaska. Um, And uh, she is she 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 decided pretty quickly that uh, that that she just because it was just like announced yesterday. Meyer shared that Fanumiai had decided to retire uh, in an interview on Tuesday, Fanumiai said later in the day that she would not be available for an interview on her decision until after the conclusion of the two legislative recount races, which are scheduled to take place today and tomorrow. Now, Meyer also announced his retirement from politics last year and was replaced by Lieutenant Governor Nancy Dahlstrom. Uh, he attributed Fanumiai's departure to the toll of election misinformation that has weighed heavily on election officials since 2020. And uh, so, and then he lamented the fact about institutional knowledge and that we're losing all this knowledge and Nancy's leaving and blah, 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 blah. And I don't know. I mean, I, you know, like I said, I don't buy into the, a lot of the rhetoric that's going, that went on around the 2020 thing. But I think that, again, in my opinion, the appearance of impropriety can be just as damaging as actual you know, problems and malfeasance. So I think that those things, you know, I think that things should be straight and above board and transparent, and we should be addressing people's concerns instead of mocking them. And, and, uh, you know, we should, we should discuss it because again, this is a cornerstone, uh, you know, free and clear elections is a cornerstone of, uh, of, uh, the Republic and, and the democratic voting s- uh, system. I mean, that's just, that's just how it works. So I am all for having a free and honest and clear discussion about it, whether I agree with it or not. Uh, and I think Fanumi, I, I mean, I think there were some problems there. And I, I think, again, even the appearance of impropriety is problematic. So, um, 
I, for one, welcome this. I, I for one, am happy any time a long-term bureaucrat leaves their position. Not Again, not against the person specifically, but I just believe that, you know, when you've had people who have worked inside of a government bureaucracy for 20 years, that's probably enough, right? I mean, that's probably uh, time for some new blood, time to get some new folks in there, time to, you know, get things in there and rolling on. Um, so it, uh, anyway, I, I, for one, am all in favor of it. All in favor. But what do you say? I mean, am I am I wrong here? Am I uh, am I wrong uh, about this? I don't know. You guys, uh, you guys can decide. Uh, what other stories did I have up here, friend? We already talked about all the schools are closed. We talked about that. The recount, the general election. And uh, that's it. Unless you guys really want to talk about all this stuff that's going on in Anchorage. This battle of wills between the um, this battle of wills between the mayor, uh, the administration, and the uh, borough assembly, the municipal assembly in Anchorage, is yeah, it's just insane. I mean, this is like a, this is like a tug of war from hell, right? That that goes on inside of the Anchorage Assembly, and it wasn't helped. I mean, I thought that in this last election cycle um, last year that we might see a little more clarity in, um, you know, after Mayor Bronson got elected and everything else, that maybe we'd see some changes on the assembly. That would at least bring some, you know, bring it more back into balance so that there was more of an even split. Um, but it's just gotten, it's just gotten worse. I mean, everything that the that the that the mayor wants to do or everything that the assembly wants to do, the other, the opposing side, whatever, they just stand in, they stand in contravention of it, no matter what. Now, maybe some things will change now that, uh, I mean, although I doubt it, Austin Quinn Davidson has decided, has announced that she's not going to run for re-election. She was the acting mayor, remember that, after Berkowitz left. And also, of course, Forrest Dunbar is now out of city politics because he's a senator. He is now a senator uh, in the state legislature. And so, um, you know, but does it does it change anything else in the I don't I don't know. Now, of course, uh, for those of you who don't know, we're now getting into the election season for the Anchorage Assembly because the actual election itself takes place in April. And so we're already seeing stories and interviews going up of people who are talking about running for the race. I mean, you'd think we'd all be tired of it. And you think that they would be smart and run the same race at the same time as all the other elections, but no, Anchorage has got to be different. So they are holding their assembly races in April. And they've got something like seven of the 11 seats are up for re-election. Seven of them. I guess there's a real opportunity here, if you really want to get into it, there's a real opportunity to... Uh, <clears throat> To change the alignment of the assembly or change the flavor of what you've got going on in the assembly. Uh, but, I mean, you know, it, it, who knows? And what happens, you know, 
with the whole are are people going to be confused by the whole voting thing? I, I just I just don't even know. But uh <clears throat> yeah, that's the other story is the Anchorage Assembly override Mayor Bronson's vetoes of uh the budget items. They produced the Excuse me, they produced the largest budget in the history of the city. And he vetoed a portion of it, about $1.2 million for the homeless services of Brother Francis's shelter. And they decided to uh, over they decided to uh, uh, override it and give it to the shelter anyway. Now the the shelter had said, um, the, uh, he, the shelter had said that they have no intention of expanding their capacity. And yet the description says, um, the, uh, the description of the, of the disbursement of $1.2 million basically said that they, it was for expanding the capacity. And that was part of the problem here, but it was anyway, it, you could go read the article in the ADN and it'll tell you all about it. But the, the bottom line is, is. It's a shoving match. He said, she said, back and forth between the assembly and the mayor. And I know that there's demagogues and hardcores on both sides of this issue. But at some point, you got to be like, dude, guys, seriously, just stop the fighting. Just stop the fighting. And I think we again, I think that there's a great opportunity in this upcoming election to swing the balance of the assembly. And I'm not saying I'm not talking about swinging it back, you know, swinging it all the way to the right or I'm just like, can we just bring some balance in there? You know, can we just bring some kind of counterbalance to what's been going on? And we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Uh all right. We've got um well, I guess we're up at the break. We're already up at the break. Uh that's it. And we'll take your calls and see what you guys have to say if you want to sound off. Phone lines are open. We've got one final segment before Mike Shower joins us. The Michael Luke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, uh, free-thinking radio. We'll be back with more right after this. Don't go anywhere. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Michael Luke Show. Regularly heard on American radio. Okay. <sighs> there will be no balance, says Michael. Uh, Michael Beck. Uh, he said, uh, "Huh, lol, lol, lol." Total opposite pole. There will be no balance. I mean, I would just like to see it come more back into equity. You know, instead of, you know, raging liberal, you know, progressive values on it, can we just at least edge it back towards the middle? That would be my question. Um, GCI is on top of their game this morning. You guys having a hard time? Are we, am I lagging? Am I doing, I mean, I got the fastest thing GCI could possibly pull together. Um, I, uh, I, I can't, 
I haven't set up the Starlink yet because I'm getting reports from all my friends who got Starlink that it's good, but it's it drops, and we can't have that. We can't have the drops. Um, uh, you know, it, they said it'll work, and then it'll go offline for 40 seconds or a minute or something. You know, in in the hour. So I'm, I, I'm I, as much as I want to go full Starlink, I probably won't be able to until they stabilize it, put some more satellites in the constellation, uh, because it's got to be solid for what I'm doing. Not the GCI is solid, but it's more solid. I can't have a 40 second blackout to the radios, you know, stations and everything else. So, um, which I don't get, you guys may get, you guys may suffer for some blackouts, but I'm prioritizing the signal because I can do that. I'm prioritizing the signal to my, my, uh, my codex box to the radio stations. If that makes sense to you. So, but Starlink is in the middle of launching more satellites and they're supposed to have another, I don't know, 30% in the constellation here in the near future. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Um, uh, Michael, Michael Beck also said, uh, you know, balance totally the opposite. And he goes, you would think that they would, they would bring it back more to the middle, but they'll just double down on their own stupidity. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there'll be no balance. I don't know what that means unless it was actually Beano's, which I mean, who doesn't love some Beano's, you know? Um, the left might temporarily be content if they continue to move the middle to the left temporarily. There's an awful lot of space junk up there, says Michael. Well, yeah, but so, I mean, they're eventually going to have to, they're eventually going to have to go up there and start scrubbing the skies, right? I mean, they're eventually going to have to go up there. I can't remember how many pieces of space junk, but it's in the hundreds of thousands of pieces of space junk, right? And as we put more and more technology and it gets better and better, we're going to need more low earth orbit and high earth orbit satellites and everything else. They're going to have to figure out a way to go up there and, you know, and Swiffer the whole thing. You know, it's going to, it's going to have to happen eventually. I mean, and either that or they're going to have to force it down to the atmosphere so it burns up in the atmosphere. But one, you know, one way or the other, they're going to have to do something. That's just, that's just the way it is. Um, uh, uh, I think we don't have an Emerald's dream of smell of vision um, Starlink is launching more satellites. Yes, that's what I said. Um, sorry, I'm just going, you got, you got, I'm, now I'm scrolling backwards. You said, I use the word snowmobiling. Snow machining, snowmobiling. I mean, I know snow machining is like an Alaskan thing, but you know, we, we always called, we all, it seems like that we called, we called snow machines, we called snowmobile snow machines all the time in my house. You know, that was not a given, but when we were talking about the activity of it, it was snow machining or snowmobiling. Either one for us was, was kind of universal in our household. I mean, we called the snow machines, the snow machines. We didn't call them snowmobiles. We called them snow machines, but the act of snow machining we could call either snow machining or snowmobiling it. I don't know. So, I, <clears throat> hey, third generation Alaskan here. What are you going to do? We do what we do what mom and dad and grandma and grandpa did. 
And I just, I, I think it was interchangeable at that point. I, I do have to laugh when you're talking about snow machining and people in the things are like, snow machining? What do you mean? Well, you know, snow machining, riding a snow machine. Oh, you can ride a snow machine? I thought it was just there to make snow. No, that's not what it is. It was, you know, ski doing. Yeah, everybody else. When ski do becomes a verb, that's, that's when it's sledding. I'm going sledding. And you're like, what, what? Um, <clears throat> all right. Well, we're 40 seconds out. So, uh, I don't know. Oh, I did. I do see a little logo there. Your connection is unstable. Good God almighty. I've got a two gig connection. How can it be unstable? Everyone else in the house is asleep. The whole cul-de-sac is dark. All right. Sorry. Just let me rant for a minute. Come on vacation. All right, folks, uh, here we go. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share, like and share. Let's do our thing, uh, and let's get to it. Yeah, that's not something you'd that's not something you'd see every day. Wanted satellite swiffer pilot. <laughs> we were just talking about Starlink in the chat room. Uh, because, you know, I mean here I am on GCI, been a GCI customer for years, got the fastest service that they possibly offer, and uh, my stuff still staggers and stutters sometimes for the listeners online and everybody's like well get starlink get starlink and anyway it led to the conversation about space junk and how the the atmosphere the low earth atmosphere it's full of stuff and everything else and i said they're eventually going to have to swiffer that all up which i know is kind of a funny but i mean i don't know i'm just i'm talking here guys swiffer pilot wanted space swiffer you imagine putting that on your resume I was a space swiffer pilot. I, that's what I did. Run around and swiffered up all the stuff in space. Hundreds of thousands of stuff up there. Um, all right. One final segment here before we jump back into it uh, with uh, State Senator Mike Schauer, who is definitely not a space swiffer pilot, but is, in fact, a state senator and a commercial pilot. Um, for uh, something out there. Anyway, we're going to... Um, we, I got phone lines open. What are you guys doing? Why aren't you calling? What's going on? Everybody, I think everybody has got short timers at this point. Somebody mentioned earlier that maybe I had some short timers disease, which I would not disagree with, that I'm ready to, uh, uh, that I'm ready to uh, take the vacation and just put all the politics behind me for a couple weeks. Um, but, you know, I think everybody's there, which is why, oh, by the way, uh, oh, by the way, uh, remember that uh, that final week of uh, before Christmas, uh, because Chris, because you know Christmas is on a what is it on a Saturday Sunday? It's a Sunday, right? It's Sunday. It is Sunday. So Christmas is on a Sunday, but that final week, um, we really don't do politics on the program in that final week. The leading, you know, the couple three days leading up to Christmas. 
We just talk about, I don't know, Christmas memories, favorite Christmas movies. Um, I'll probably do what I did last year, which was like top Christmas movies and top Christmas, you know, music. And uh, I promise I will not be playing Mariah Carey, um, you know, the the Mariah Carey's, uh, the memes, the memes against the Mariah Carey song, um, uh, which is what all I want for Christmas or what, what is the. Anyway, I can't remember. Anyway, the memes against the Mariah Carey song are strong. But we'll be spending that last week um, uh, just talking about non-political. I mean, I'm sure something will sneak in there. But for the most part, we'll be sharing Christmas recipes and we'll be sharing ideas and holidays and memories. And that's probably one of my funnest times of the year is those final three days before the Christmas vacation. It's kind of like a countdown to Christmas. Plus, on top of that, we will also... Be giving away a bivy stick, courtesy of our friends of Satellite West, every day for the last three days of that week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, and we'll actually be starting giving away those bivy sticks starting a week from tomorrow here on the program. And you'll be able to go to my website at michaeldukeshow.com later today to get signed up. Um, but it won't just be signups where I draw the name from. I might just randomly pick a caller who has a really good call. And we'll be, I'd be like, you, you are a winner. You, I mean, you're all winners, but you specifically, caller, are a winner of today's Five Days of Christmas contest for the Bivy Stick. I just might pick it out because this is where the rules are made up and the points don't count. Well, the rules are made up by me and the points don't count. So, um, <clears throat> all right. Mike Shower is going to be joining us here in uh, just a few moments and we'll be checking in with him. And uh, it'll be the first time. I think on air officially that we have had a recap with him since the election, because let's face it, as we as we look at what's happening in the legislature um, and currently the makeup of the Senate and now, of course, potentially what's going to be happening in the House. We're not we're not full of, you know, I'm not full of uh, of excitement about that. Let's see what you have to say. Let's go over to the phones and uh, start over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hello, this is Mark in Fairbanks. Good morning, Mark. What's on your mind? Uh, just a couple of things. Um, seeing how you mentioned elections, I was going to say, um, you've probably heard, it seems like a lot of people heard this, but um, one, um, the documentary 2,000 Mules, so that totally documents um, the uh, election fraud around the nation, and that mainly focuses on um, people who were mules carrying um, phony ballots, like dozens at a time, and putting them in the Dropbox. They have been videotaped. Plus, they got cell phone evidence, and they would see they could see that the same people, or at least the people, with the same cell phone would go. In one, we'll say in a 10-mile area, they'd go to 10 different drop boxes um, all in the same evening or same morning or same day. And then to top it off, they also can link them to these different, like, nonprofit agencies. They would go there, and, like, and they they were places that were helping to, like, distribute uh, something to do with elections or distribute or pick up um, or collect the ballots. They would go there, and then they would leave, and then they'd go to these five or six or ten different drop boxes. That happened in probably three or four or five or 
six more states. And of course, it happened in the battleground states. Completely documented. Anybody can see it. 2,000 mules by Dinesh D'Azuzu, something like that. The guy's name is uh, Dinesh D'Azuzu. So you might have um, seen that. Then, um, secondly, the other evidence is by Mike Lindell, um, the My Pillow guy. He has a team of, of like, um, uh, computer scientists, people who are professionals in the field, and they've gone through as much as they possibly can all of the like um, computer evidence that they are able to get. I, I, I haven't listened to, to, the, to them in a while, so I can't remember exactly everything they do. But he has professionals, and they go around and they evaluate all this stuff, and guess what? There's cheating. They can pretty much tell that, yeah, there's definitely cheating going on in the computer systems through, and even, even right. one of the things they're saying how, oh, none of these Dominion computers and all this stuff connect to the Internet. That's a complete lie. They can all be connected and hacked. But anyway, so the evidence there for anybody, anybody to go see it themselves. Okay, yeah. enough of that. So last thing, then I get off the phone. Okay, okay. Last thing is that um, I guess it was on Tucker, Tucker Carlson, but our infamous Senator Murkowski, the, the darn rhino Democrat that she is, she's already going to saying that she supports and sides with Biden about the whole illegal immigration, making all these illegal immigrants, many that can pour over the um, border, making them citizens. She's already stated that she supports that and she's for that. She's so wonderful. Well, I mean, anyways, that, that's it, my comment. Well, I appreciate it, Mark. I appreciate it. Yeah, I don't know if the, the Murkowski thing, I don't think, is a real surprise. Uh, I mean, this is not shocking to those yeah, of us sure. that have been fighting against her for years. Uh, not shocking with this. But I think that the problem is, of course, is that what we're seeing is that Alaska has become more and more moderate, more and more purple, and, and that's kind of embraced. Uh, as far as the discussion on the elections, as I said, I am not convinced 100 percent by what I've seen, uh, and I have not seen the Dinesh D'Souza thing, but I have seen some of the comments and I've and I've read uh, some of the uh, I've read uh, some of the backing and the stats and some of the things that I got going on. Here's my thing, whether you believe it or not. And, uh, and, and I know a lot of people do believe it. Uh, I'm one of the ones that's skeptical, but open-minded. Um, and then I know there's people on the other side who are just close-minded. No, nothing happened. It was all perfect. Again, the, the problem is, is that any percep perception is reality. So any perception of problems or fraud or, you know, grifting or whatever you want to say, they deserve a hearing because you don't want people to lose faith in their institutions. And uh, and I, I agree. I think that there, you know, things can be problematic and you can't just ignore people and say, well, 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 you don't know anything. Just step off and, and go to the corner. Everything's got to be on the table. Um, I, I think election integrity and open, you know, open election transparency is important. We should be focusing on those things. Because that's what the whole thing that we're dealing with. We talk about how the economy is based is based basically, basically, Jesus, the economy is basically based on just the faith of the people. Right. That's what an economy is based on. Well, the same thing is true in the republic. I mean, the whole thing is based on the faith of people and the faith in uh, their communities and their governments and things like that. And when you knock out one of those pillars 
uh, like you you knock out their faith in government or elections or the judiciary, you start to see some shakiness going on. We're already at a low ebb when it comes to trust in government. That's no that's no secret. That's been going on. Uh, that's been going on for years. That there is no that you know that the 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 people don't trust their government. Um, but now you're looking at potentially a lack of trust in the electoral system, a lack of trust in the judiciary. You got the three pillars of government. You can't, you know, stop. You, you've got to be open. You've got to be transparent. We've got to address these issues. You can't just try and sweep them under the rug and poo-poo people and market as disinformation. We should we should have an open and, and we should have an open discussion about this. I mean, with that, I doubt that they'll probably flag this video. Who knows? Uh, I mean, just because. And all I'm saying is we should just have a discussion about it. That's all I'm saying. Thanks for your call. Out of time. All right. I'm sorry. Hold on, Mark. Uh, I'm sorry, Mark. I was I was coming up on the break. I had to go uh, and I bloviated there for a little bit. But I mean, that's what it is. I appreciate your call, Mark. Thank you for uh, coming on board. Um. Anyway, um, let me go back up here to see what you're saying. King and Country Little Drummer Boy, says uh, Barbara. That was her favorite Christmas song. Hard to call when I'm shoveling, says Brian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, um, and Harold doesn't like to talk about 2,000 mules. I mean, you know. I have not watched 2,000 Mules. I read uh, some of the pro and con commentary on it, uh, and I've read some of the backing and some of the, you know, some of the facts that they showed and everything else. Again, I'm not 100% convinced in one way or another. I think that there's still some problems in the electoral process. I don't know if it's as prevalent as many people have believed. But again, perception is reality. So we need to deal with it. We need to deal. Um, um, Sandy, why would a closet is a burr, 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 burr. okay? Ah, you guys get not. Let's don't everybody. Let's keep it civil in the chat room. Let's keep it civil in the chat room. That's all I'm saying. Um, that includes you, Harold. Keep it civil in the chat room. All right. Question for Mike Shower. Does he regret, regret, regret marriage? That blessed event. Uh, does he regret his previous? I swear, sometimes as I get older, I'm like, my my mouth does not connect to my brain as well as it used to. It used to be a laser instrument. My voice was a laser instrument. <clears throat> my pronunciation has gone into the toilet. Um, question for Mike Shower: Does he regret his previous membership in the Senate majority? I don't know. It'll be interesting to ask him that. We will see if we can. Let me let me just little let me star this comment here. Whoops. Uh, so this is the comment. Uh, it was. Wow, things are slow this morning. Uh, Chris in Twitch is asking the question, so I've just I put it in my favorites, and we'll come back to it. Okay. Um, um, 624, uh, 605, 605. There we go. Um, okay. 
So Representative Ben Carpenter will be on an hour one on, uh, yeah. Okay. <sighs> what is my favorite uh, Christmas? I, I, you know, you've all got, we've all got favorite. I mean, Bing Crosby, come on, seriously. Bing Crosby? Yeah, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Now, you can't even play a two-second snippet of a music on Facebook or YouTube without them coming in and dropping the band hammer on you. Uh, I remember last time I played like 10 – it was like three or four years ago. I played like 10 seconds of a, of a bit of a song, and uh, I got like a warning and a copyright infringement and something else, and I was just like, good God almighty, I'm promoting their song. You'd think that people wouldn't be upset with me, but no, nope, it's not how it works. Um, the uh, Fred Waring and his orchestra. That's what I was looking for. Fred Waring and his orchestra. That is one of my favorite uh, songs is uh, Twas the Night Before Christmas. And it, I mean, it's a, it's like 12 minutes or something. But it's like got like a full cast of singers and everything else. Um, Twas the night before Christmas. Uh, Fred Waring and his orchestra. Uh, Fred Waring and the Pennsylvanians. That's what it is. Let me see. Can I get to the... I don't want to start it. No, 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 no. Don't want to start it. Don't want to start it. Thank you. Good Lord. Uh, I wanted to look at the... Can I even see... <sighs> go to the album. There you go. Uh, the Meaning of Christmas is the name of the album. Uh, it only has three songs on the whole album, and it is 48 minutes long. Uh, and it includes The Meaning of Christmas. It's a medley. It's 23 minutes. Twas the Night Before Christmas, which is seven minutes, and The Song of Christmas, which is 17 minutes. Um, but the Fred Waring and the Pennsylvanians is the one that I was thinking of. That is good. Um, you have to announce that you do not own or have anything to do with the copyright of the song prior to playing it. The, the AI don't care, Bill. I could sit here for days and say, I own none of the copyrights to none of the music to none of the things and blah, 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 blah. You know, and what's really crazy is the bumper music that I use is all from the Facebook royalty-free library, right? But I get warnings on YouTube for using royalty-free music from Facebook. It, it's, not, it's copyright. F Screw you people, all of you. That's all I'm saying. Uh, anyway, um, let's, uh, we're, we're just a minute out. It looks like uh, they call him Mr. Shower uh, is uh, in the uh, green room. Boy, you look excited this morning. You look totally excited. How are, how are you doing? I'm wide awake and <laughs> You're footloose and fancy free. All right, hold the line. Uh, I'm going to come back to you. Don't go anywhere. Uh, we're up against the break. we got to jump into it. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Hour two is dead ahead. Don't forget to like and share the show. Don't forget to like and follow the show page. Don't forget to subscribe and ring the bell on YouTube. Here we go.
Whoa, buddy. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Yep, across the world on the uh, internet at MichaelDukesShow.com, where you'll find uh, links to our audio-only live stream, uh, all the uh, social media links, and more. Good morning, my friends. Good morning. Hour two of the big radio program, and we are being joined today uh, for the first time in post-election recap madness by State Senator Mike Schauer, who is, uh, I want to say thank you to him to come on. Also want to say thank you, by the way, to Satellite West for sponsoring this hour of the program, regardless of where you go from uh, Menchumana to Metlakatla, from uh, Minto to, I can't think of another M word, um, but uh, anywhere in the state, pretty much anywhere in the state, all you got to do is uh, give your friends at Satellite West a call. They can keep you connected, whether it's phone calls, whether it's surfing the Internet, whether it's sending emails, whether it's sending text messages. They've got the technology to get you covered. SatelliteWest.com. And don't forget, we're doing the five days of Christmas starting a week from tomorrow where we're giving away a bivy stick every day. Courtesy of Satellite West, The Michael Duke Show, and your local radio station. All right. Mike Shower. Uh, on the program uh, this morning, um, in the dark. Hello, my friend. How are you? How are you? Do- he looks so awake. For those of you on I the guess radio, kind of dark, isn't it? yeah. For those for those of you who are on the radio, he looks so awake. That is my sarcastic uh, voice. So awake. Good morning, Mister Shower. They call him Senator Shower. What's uh, what's going on there, baby? What are you? Uh, what are you doing? Are you uh, are you rest and relaxed? Are you ready for your post-election review and wrap up the shower hour of power what's going are you ready of course of, of course i am i just need some curler beer toe coffee stuff whatever yeah it's, it's i got the girls here with me this morning oh so it's beard it's it's beard curler not toe curler that's a whole different kind of coffee i know but uh, it, it sounded better it sounded it did sound good it did sound good um all right mike well i guess should we st- should we start off with the obvious um, your thoughts on the result of the pink tinkle, not the red wave, but the pink tinkle. Give me your thoughts on the overall election results from around the country. And of course, in the state of Alaska, and then we'll get into the dissection of your race as we go through. Well, I think most people that would be a Republican or a conservative or a libertarian or a freedom loving individual was disappointed. In the results, I mean, we're still under the runoff. I haven't even seen the news this morning yet to see what they declared out of Georgia. But, you know, the 
the hope Warnock, for the Warnock, wave. Warnock was the winner. Warnock uh, was the winner. Yeah, uh, 51 Based centers. on what I saw from out of Georgia, I can't uh, overly say I'm surprised <laughs> when you had people that were, you know, busted and caught, you know, stuffing ballot boxes and God only knows, man. I mean, who knows, but um, whatever. Uh, you know, there seems to be a lot of reasons and analysis for what was happening. Language was certainly part of it. I mean, I looked in some places, Walker, you know, Herschel Walker was also in what I saw yesterday, like three to one or something. They were spending several hundred million dollars there, Democrat, <clears throat> the Democrat Party and left wing organizations. <clears throat> so they are spending a ton of money. Um, same thing happened with the Constitution Convention up here, right? I mean, look, we were outspent when you include union money that they didn't have to account for. I bet we were spent 100, outspent 150 to one. Um, we were directly outspent 100 to one those that support it, you know, by comparison. So how do you match that when people are so desperate to maintain power, they're willing to put, put that kind of money. I mean, you're billions of dollars across the country. Oh yeah. So I was listening, Michelle and I were to a podcast uh, last week, had pretty good analysis. And part of it was the language that they talked about that you had, um, for example, where they were using the word Liberty instead of freedom. Um, you got a big boost in the narrative poll because of understanding the language, right? And it was interesting because, you know, if you remember earlier this year after the Roe versus Wade was overturned by the Supreme Court, just sent back to the states, it wasn't necessarily overturned on abortion. It was just the states should handle it, right? States issue, which I agree with. Individual states should have the right to do that. That's what makes the federated system, you know, so cool that, you know, hey, what works in California doesn't work in Alaska, doesn't right. work in Florida. Right. That's a great system. Right. right. One size does not fit all. Right. But um, the interesting, I, th I thought, analysis out of it was that <clears throat> when you looked at it, they didn't make it about abortion. And what they did instead was they made it about freedom. Medical. And so you look at all the medical that, freedom. You know, right. uh, yeah. Message across the country for months now is like, oh, you're going to lose your freedom. The Republicans want to take your freedom. They're going to, the Biden, right? They're going to put you back in chains. Um, and that's that was kind of the message that they talked about. And instead of talking about crime, in a crashing economy and, and inflation and overspending by the government and a whole host of issues that are we're dealing with, you know, under Democrat control in a lot of these big states and cities and the federal government, all of a sudden they just made it about freedom. And um, it was interesting because they talked about the younger generation, which is the most pro-life in some time, and yet they voted like 85% for Democrats. And you go, well, how can that be? Because Democrats stand for abortion, right? Not for life. They stand for abortion. And yet the thing was, is all they were inundated with, Mike, for months was just hundreds of millions of dollars of ads of, well, you're going to lose your freedom. And this is about saving democracy. And you have a president that stands in front of a massive red stage that looks like hell in the background from Marines, right? And he's just going, oh, it's about freedom. Your democracy is about to be destroyed, which is just a ridiculous argument. but. Unfortunately, a lot of people buy it. Right. And so I think there was some pretty good, uh, there's been a lot of pretty good analysis about why it didn't go the way it did. Um, and I think a lot of it had to do with messaging. I think it was not capitalized on very well by people that should have been looking at those issues that we had. Um, Alaska, that's a different story. If we want to get to the local, you know, in the, in the state elections, we're not red. Mike, you and I have been saying that for years. Right. We're not blue. We're independent. And so even purple is probably not a good description for Alaska because people will vote them out. They vote who out? They keep sending the same people back from other districts, right? 
had the town hall two nights ago, and uh, it was kind of interesting. One guy stood up. You've had him on the program, Mike Coons. He made a really, I thought, a really good point in front of the crowd that was very upset about different issues and what legislators done what, you know, and the results. And he's like, you guys keep saying this and getting mad at your Matsu legislators, but the reality is when you look at other places like Sitka or Kodiak or Fairbanks, they keep sending the same people back. So the Republicans in those districts are not the Republicans here in the Matsu, certainly not the Democrats and others, or the so-called independents that are really mostly Democrats, right? Because they caucus with, vote with, stick with Democrats. They put an I in front of the name because a D probably would not get them elected. So it's we're a hodgepodge. We're different, right? Very than other states. And so right. I thought Mike did a really good job of standing up and going, look, folks, um, sorry about that. The alien pod just turned on. <laughs> the light in the background. <laughs> we have one of those uh, alien, I call it an alien pods. It looks like one of those alien pods out of the movie and the, the little garden thingy sticks up and has this, the, the lights come on. So um, now I have background lighting. Uh, yeah. I've got more lighting than you do. Anyways, it was just kind of interesting stuff going on. But this is not, I think, necessarily unexpected in Alaska. I think it was unex- there was higher expectations nationwide. But um, I was talking to uh, Suzanne Downing a couple of days before the election. And she was making the prediction that wasn't going to be a big red wave here because um, we just haven't seen that. And unfortunately, from a perspective of the Senate, the state Senate, the five elections that we needed to maintain um, a higher percentage of conservatives and have more ability to negotiate, um, you know, and have a stronger presence, uh, all five of them were lost. Right. Uh, I mean, they ran, they ran the board on that one. I mean, there was no, you know, it was no even split. It was no nothing. They just literally ran the board. I mean, Mike, this is what I, this is the conclusion that I've come to and you can, you can comment and you're right. We've been talking about how this state is more independent for years. We've talked about, there are more independents and undeclareds in this state than both the Republicans and the Democrats combined. Um, and, but <clears throat> I've come to the inexorable conclusion in the post-election after-action review here of this that uh, this that we're in the minority. I mean, we being we being conservatives. I mean, I'm not a Republican. I'm a libertarian, so I believe a little bit differently than probably most everybody else. But conservative fiscal conservatives, smaller government people, we're in the minority in Alaska. I mean, just look at the results of the elections. Look at the largesse being voted from the public trough, right? Look at the, look at the uh, again, sending the same people back over and over and again from these different districts. We're, we're in the minority. This state has become a state of more government dependency. Uh, and that's happening across the nation. But in Alaska, you always thought that it was, oh, this rugged individualism, this, this, you know, I mean, you always thought that. And yet here we are in this post-election and the inexorable truth is we're not a red, we're not conservative. This state is overall not a conservative state. No, parts of it are conservative, parts are liberal, well, parts no, are somewhere in between. I'm saying, I'm saying holistically, right? You're right. Matsu, very conservative. Most of Soldatna, well, I mean, I think is conservative, or most of the Kenai, uh, the peninsula is conservative. Uh, Interior, eh, you know, Anchorage, definitely not. Juneau, definitely not. But I mean, overall, holistically, we're not really conservative anymore. I mean, that's what it comes down to, right? And the question you go back to, Mike, where were we ever? 
I mean, really, when you think about it, the state started off as a Democrat-controlled state. Now, those Democrats were very different than the Democrats of today. Um, you know, those Democrats were more of the Dixiecrat or the Blue Dog Democrats. Those were around. Today's Democrats, you know, if, if you even want to call them that, I'm not even sure that the, if I was a Democrat, I think I'd be upset having to be associated with some of the people that call themselves Democrats because they're really Marxist or progressive socialist or whatever they are, but they're certainly not the old Democrat Party that still loved America. I mean, look at how many Democrat signs. Go out and look at Democrat signs, Mike, when you look at the campaign signs. How many of them even have an American flag on them? Most of them don't, if any of them do. I mean, they don't even associate with this country anymore. I mean, they're so far left and extreme on that side. And so, you know, um, that's the reality of what we live in. Alaska started off as a Democrat-controlled state. It started off as a heavy union state. Um, and maybe Alaska is returning to its roots. I don't know. But you did look at who's leaving the state. We've talked about this, you know, before, which is why I think some of us, if you have analysis, we're not overly surprised. It's the, the blue-collar workers. They're leaving. They're going to Texas and Florida and Louisiana and places where there's job market, you know, that's better and hotter for oil and gas, et cetera. And who's moving up here? People from the left coast, Hawaii, you know, California, Oregon, Washington want to turn Alaska into a national park. Maybe that's where it's going to go. I don't know. Um, it's going to certainly hurt opportunity and it's going to hurt development, you know, for because we are a resource development state. There's not going to be much left besides federal government. So, <laughs> Mike Schauer is our guest, uh, state senator from District. Oh, uh, still trying to get used to the new district. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about his election uh, when we get back here. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and we will return. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Don't forget, you can come out and join us on uh, Facebook or YouTube or Twitch. Uh, any one of those platforms, just type in Michael Duke show and you'll find it there. And we'll continue our discussions with state Senator Mike shower. It's like what we like to call the shower hour of power. We'll be back with more right after this. Don't go anywhere. We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. All right, Mike Shower is our guest. uh, And we're talking about election stuff. I don't know if you're... I don't know if, and, and I think Chris in the chat room probably agrees with that. Chris asked the question, American flags or the sign as a measure of patriotism? I mean, I don't know if putting an American flag on the campaign sign makes a difference or not. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm fairly patriotic. I'm not as fervently nationalistic as I used to be. I support the I support the Constitution and the concept of America. I don't support the government of America. I think there's a big difference there. Uh, but, you know, I don't know if that's a I don't know what I I don't know. I have a hard time with that saying just I see people, you know, look, Mitch McConnell's got an American flag pin on his lapel that don't make him, you know, sure. Joe Biden wears an American flag pin on his lapel. I don't think AOC does, but you know what I mean. Anybody could slap the flag on and call it and call it good. Um, uh, you know, it, it. It. I don't think that makes a, a hill of beans difference. It's the walk. It's not the. It's the walk. It's not the talk, so to speak. 
Sure. But here's my point, Mike. But if, if Chris says that, he's missing what my point is, is that I'm not afraid, for example, to put the American flag on my campaign signs. Why? Sure. Because I'm American. I live in America. I love this country. I love the concept and the principles behind it. Like you, I don't necessarily like everything the government does or those in charge of it and the things that we've done. We have blights in our history, too, like any country does. I still love my country. It's where I was born and raised, where my kids and grandkids are born and raised, and hopefully we'll continue to be a country, see how it goes. But when you look at you know campaign signs, it's fascinating to me because most Republicans, most, put the flag up. They put the state flag. They put the you know American flag up. They're not they're not embarrassed about it. They're proud to associate with this the, the nation, right? But you see most Democrats. You look around like they don't put that sign up. They don't put that flag on there. So I'm talking about it from a point of view of what's that philosophical bent? The philosophical bent of most of the Democrat Party is anti-America hate their own nation, don't like it, think it's bad, want to tear it down, want to rebuild it into some socialist utopia. That's the reality. Mike, they talk about it. We see it all the time. So I mean it more in the, it's a philosophical thing, not about, you know, oh, because they have an American flag, they're a good person. But, you know, you could, <laughs> we know that's not true. Like you said, look at who wears the flag pen, et cetera. You know, they do it because they think it's expected of them, not because they love it. I don't put the American flag on my campaign signs because I, th I want people to, to think something, I put it up there because I'm proud of my country. I love my country, right? Doesn't mean I'm proud of my government. Doesn't mean I agree with everything. It's my country. There's a big difference. And that doesn't mean you're nationalistic either to do that. I still see the world and the things that are going on. We're, we're human first, right? And American second, et cetera, depending on your point of view. So I only bring it up as a point to say, when you talk about the parties, the people that are in charge, what are they, what's their philosophy what do they really care about and i see too many democrats that are looking and they want this to be about you know big government they want this to be about control look at what's happening with the baker and the wedding designer in colorado i was reading the court case now before going before the supreme court and the words might ought to chill people that the democrats are doing to people in colorado the words are in there it says compel the wedding designer to do something she doesn't want to do. Listen to those words again, compel somebody. So let's say, um, you know, I want you to go to church. I don't want to go to church. I'm an atheist. I don't care. I'm going to compel you to go to church. I want you to carry a gun. I don't like guns. I don't care. I'm going to compel you to care. So where does that stop? But the ones using that language are, you know, people in Colorado, for example, that are in charge that are hard left, you know, hard extreme left. Right. And so, there are some very concerning things that are happening. And I know people always come back, they'll find one example, say, well, you know, the Republicans or conservatives doing this one thing. I get that, which is why you and I look at it from an issues-based perspective, right. not as an overall party. I don't support 100% of everything the Republican Party does. Yeah. Clearly, <laughs> that's my issues, right? So um, we're more nuanced than that. But generally, philosophically, um, I was fascinated because, you know, running across the state, every Democratic side, I didn't see a single one with the flag on it. Yeah. Um, I, I may have missed one, but I didn't see one. Most Republicans had the American flag somewhere in their, uh, you know, on their sign. Right. It says something to me. It does. All right. Uh, Mike Showers, our guest. The ding means we got to jump back into it. We're ready to go. Uh, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share. Like and follow. Hit subscribe. Ring the bell. Here we go. Let's do it.
Welcome back to the program. It is the Michael Luke Show, Common Sense Radio. We're continuing our discussions now with State Senator Mike Schauer for what we like to call the Shower Hour of Power. Uh, Mike just got through talking about the elections in general across the state, across the nation, what his thoughts are. I want to talk a little bit about his race. Because, um, well, let's face it, Mike, you were the come-from-behind kid, right? I mean, you uh, you were facing a big deficit coming out of the primary, and um, I think that uh, some of the uh, neckbeards in the legislature were stroking their mustaches and cackling gleefully, thinking, oh, they had it in the bag. And uh, you went out and did some work, and uh, and you educated some people. The next thing you know... Well, you cruised to victory, and, um, and I think it was—I think that was surprising to a lot of people because, well, let's just face it, you're not a lot of folks' favorite person. Uh, I mean, by that I mean people who are in power, the powers that be. You're not their favorite person. Politically. And yeah. and so uh, so talk. Let's talk a little bit about your election overall. I mean, you know, what did you experience on the trail? What did you see out there? Um, and what? gave you the leverage to, you know, what, how did you, how did you win, Mike? That's what we want to know. How did you win? So let's start on the first thing. And, and, uh, I'll say Doug and I have talked, Doug Massey, um, since then we've come to terms, you know, shaking hands. And, you know, I told him, uh, cause there is a certain Senator up here in the Valley that is still telling people that I recruited Doug Massey to run against him, which is such a ridiculous lie. I don't even know what to say. Um, because Doug called me, um, over a year ago and said he was interested in running and, he was in a different district before the redistricting, but so be it. it is what it is. Um, but Doug and I have talked, and you know, I told him I said, Doug, this is a blood sport. <laughs> this can get uh, you know expensive, contentious, a lot of high emotions because you dedicate a lot of time and money. Family gets involved, et cetera, and it did. This race, like others, gets contentious, and you know things happen. And when it was over, we had a good conversation about a week ago, and he's like, "You're not mad?" I'm like, "No." I'm like, "Dude, it's blood sport. You know, we we, we invest time. We want to win." You know, two two guys that want to win and, and do their thing, and it just happens. I said, man, it's over. It's time to govern and move on, you know, so we're good. Um, you know, had a good conversation, and, you know, you just move on. Mike, you got to put those things in the past, which I wish the Senate would do, but apparently it's not going to um, because, you know, that's another, another conversation for later. But like we talked about, it's kind of interesting because, you know, we were down 700, and we ended up being up about 700. You know, we flipped it pretty significantly because, you know, I saw a lot of politicos and it was really funny to watch Landfield, the coverage on election night, you know, they were so smug. He had a couple of the old uh, guards <laughs> sitting there with him. He had uh, somebody that was very supportive of uh, my opponent on that one there with him at the table. And they were like, oh, shower's out. You know, he's never going to win. He's so far behind. You could just see it. Right. And they're like, oh, you know, right. we got this one. And then the results came in. It reminded me a little bit of 2016 watching like the young Turks and others that start off, oh, you know, Clinton's a little behind, she'll be fine. You know, then by, you know, an hour later, it's like, well, there's still a way for it to pull it off. You know, about two hours later, it was like, maybe if she gets that one state, she can still hail Mary it. You yeah, know, and by exactly. the end of it, they were crying in tears, you know, whatever. And it was just funny to watch the, you know, the progression of that, you know, you know, it's all, he'll, he'll be fine, you know, whatever. <laughs> so you could just see it because they did, they counted me out. And I've heard a lot of people, or I've talked to a lot of people since then that, you know, they were counting on me being gone. They've been putting this organization together since May. And after August, when they were sure, they were absolutely sure that I was done. There's no way I was coming back. You just ask Landfield, he'll tell you, you know, go back and look at his thing. Oh, right. Our shower's out. No way he can win, right? Yeah. So like, hmm, okay. Um, but the reality, Mike, is um, it took a lot of hard work, obviously. And, you know, Michelle and I were pulling probably 19-hour days, seven days a week. 
the one thing I didn't tell anybody is while this whole thing was going on, I was also doing captain upgrade at FedEx. I can say that now. I didn't want that to come out and be used against me. Um, but but I was a busy hombre, man, exceedingly yeah. during that time. And uh, we reassessed our strategy. And what happened was when you look at people, the politicos you talk about that don't like me because I don't do what I'm told by the party and the, the old guard is Randy Rudrick and some others, you know, the redistricting stuff. They put me down Big Lake KGB, you know, because they knew that was going to be a, a tough thing if they take you out of the district and redistrict. And they did it. Which, to which, to which, to which I say thank you, by the way, first of all, thank you to those guys for doing that because now I'm in your district. But go ahead. I, that was not yeah, – the, the point was to make it harder for you, not to make me happy, but to make it – but it was a win-win as far as that goes. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, was, it was a tough reassessment. And after the primary, we knew, okay, here's the deal. This is what it's going to take. Um, we have to reassess our strategy. And we spent a lot of time in Big Lake and KGB, and it was about education, right, getting out and knocking doors. We knocked over 2,000 doors just in Big Lake KGB alone. We focused a lot of radio and, you know, writing campaigns, town halls, et cetera. Uh, not town halls per se, but, you know, uh, meet and greets, that kind of stuff. I and mean, we focused a lot of time because we had six or 7,000 people, Mike, we had to introduce ourselves to and tell them who I was and what I stood for. And when we had a chance to talk to people, they go, oh, well, I like you, but I thought it was the other guy. You know, I, I wanted somebody new. We got that a lot. And, you know, over that three months or so, you know, September, October, November, we just worked our tails off and reassessed the strategy. And as it turns out, that was a winning strategy and it just, it just needed work. And we had a lot of volunteers. So I'm saying, thank you. I want to say, you know, to, you know, like I said, to start off with Doug, we, you know, it's contentious, but you get past it, you shake hands and move on. And we had a lot of volunteers and a lot of people helping. I mean, uh, Tommy Anderson and his folks at, at uh, Optima, they did fantastic for us, just working their tails off. I mean, Mike, we started waving signs. We saw we saw you once. You remember I was yelling at you? I called you. Um, I, I think drove. it was six weeks before the general election. We were waving signs on street yeah. corners. Nobody does that. Yeah. We were out there early. Yeah. You know, we we're going to hit it. We had volunteers out there with us, you know, because you went by in that little mini thing you drive. And, uh, you know, I was like, Dukes. Yeah. Um, I saw you as I drove so, by and I looked back and went, oh, that was Mike Shower. And then you called me yeah. as, I was, as I was driving away. So, yeah. No, I mean, I, I think that's what it was. I mean, you guys did the work. I'll be honest with you. I didn't see anything about Massey. Um, I didn't see I didn't see him out there. I didn't see him going to the meet and greets. I didn't see him reaching out into Healy. I didn't see, um, you know, all those things. He wouldn't come on the program. He wouldn't, you know, there was really not a lot of engagement. I think it was, like you said, they saw the August numbers. And because his name is so well known down in this area, they're like, oh, it's a, it's a you know, <clears throat> it's the tortoise and the hare, right? I mean, all over again, where they just didn't, wasn't willing to do the work. And, um, and I'm glad, I'm glad you made it through. And I think that this shows that people in your district, um, appreciate you and know you and, and, uh, and, and that's good. Now that's not necessarily good for the folks, as you said, down in Juno, because I think, as you said, that they were expecting you to lose. And this was all part of their plan. They were creating their, they were trying to create their own super uh, majority and, um, and uh and he was part of it and it didn't happen so now you've thrown the uh now you've thrown the monkey wrench in the works and here we come up to the coalition the 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 majority in the senate and um <clears throat> well i mean from my perspective this thing's a hot mess because it uh it it basically sidelines what I think are, are probably the three best senators in the legislature right now, from my perspective, because they most closely align with my philosophy. And you guys are now out in the cold. Now, 
you guys offered uh, to to join. You 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 only had a few minor stipulations. You know, if they wanted to work together. Uh, I mean, this was not just out of the blue. You guys did what you, you know, you guys offered something that was pretty, um, I thought, pretty fair and equitable, right? When you were talking about creating a, a, a Republican majority in the Senate. It's, it is it is fascinating when you look at the recalcitrance of some of them. And of course, you have one person that came back after getting unelected who's going to have a, an axe to grind clearly um, from before. But, you know, it, it's not, it's it's interesting. Interesting when you watch the narrative, Mike, because you see the narrative being pushed that oh, we're hard to work with. I'm like, are you telling me that it's really seriously? It's because we're hard to work with. You want me to go through the list of personalities and talk about some of these other senators and how hard they are to work with and their kind of personalities. And you're going to use that as an excuse. That's pretty laughable to me. It's just an excuse, Mike, is what it is. Um, you know, they talk about the votes in the past. I'm like, there are people they put in their coalition that haven't voted, that don't ever vote against the PFD have voted against the budget and they're in the coalition. So that doesn't work as an excuse either. Oh, well, we can't find eight Republicans. You know, those other eight don't want to work. And three of them are brand new. How can that even be used as an excuse? They're new to the Senate. They have no basis to make that assessment right. on how it went in the Senate. And then, you know, the Senate, the other senator from up here joined, said openly, oh, I'll get along with them. It's fine. There's half of the, of the eight that have no basis for, for not joining because they're not working together. So choices were made to do this. So at best, you've got maybe three or so that are driving the entire Republican train for this happening. So let's let's go to the baseline for how we got here, understanding that the premises for their arguments are false. So what is it about? It's about power, Mike. It always has been about power. We know that. There's nothing surprising. But guess what they've got back? What they didn't have for the last two years was their binding caucus rule, right? We had enough people in the Senate that said, I'm not going to play under that rule. I'm not going to promise my vote for the next two years. And now 17 senators have promised their vote to a handful of people in leadership for the next two years. They have no idea what they're going to vote on. They're probably not going to like some of it. Probably going to have to go against their own campaign promises. But they've now given their votes for the next two years, which should be illegal. <laughs> but it isn't. is isn't every, every other state. Um, but here, and remember, we're the only state in the union that does this, Mike. Remember, I've done this research. I won't talk about right. the things we've talked about, but this, this is about the binding caucus and power. So doing what they did and kicking the three of us out, because we said very clearly that we're not going to promise our vote. And that's the premise, right? That is the principle here, Mike. It's not promising your vote. You're going to vote on every issue that comes before you. Once you see what it is, you make an assessment based on your statutory constitutional obligations, what you think is best for your district and people in the state, and then you vote yes or no. Well, in this organization, as opposed to the last two years, it's going to be back to you've already promised your vote. You've given it. You don't know what you're voting for, but you gave it anyways. And you're going to have to vote procedurally with the presiding officer. And, and that can be a weapon. Ask Bill Wilikowski. He used to try to pull out SGR1 all the time, um, which was the 50-50 plan on the PFD. And it got voted down every time. Why? Because, well, you got to vote with whatever the president says, you know, and if you're in the House, whatever the speaker says. So you're promising your votes. That's problematic, but it's about power, Mike. So the three of us were not willing to compromise our principles enough to do that. And what we asked for was very simple. We said, look, if you just separate the PFD into a separate vote, we can live with that. And then you know, right. if we win or lose that battle, you win or lose the battle. You got to have 1121 to pass something, right? And never demanded that other people vote that way. I'm just tired of people demanding that I vote a certain way, right? Right. But if you just separate it out, they already got the votes to kill it. Anybody can count votes. They're going to kill the PFD this year. It's already dead. 
before we even get there, the Senate's going to kill it. It's you, just want, frickin- yeah, you just wanted to have a chance to exercise the will of your constituency, right? Right. And, and tell people that I'm going to vote the way you want me to, that, that over, you know, it's like 80% in our district want the PFT and you expect me to, but here's the point. They want me and they know it, Mike, to commit political suicide. Why do you think they've been shoving that in the budget and doing that to us for years now? Because they know in our districts it's political suicide. I'm not asking them to vote against something that's political suicide in their districts, but they're asking us to do it. And it's, it's one of the reasons they have to fight so hard against that binding rule, because it puts us into a square corner politically. That's just why would you do that to your colleagues and then say we're the ones that are hard to work with? We're the problem. But they ask us to commit political suicide repeatedly. Right. That's not fair, nor is it right, nor is it treating your colleagues well, but that's what they've done to us over and over again. That's, that's a problem for us, right? So the mining rule was a lot of what this was about. It was, the, the other things, Mike, are just excuses so they can have a binding rule to consolidate power. It makes it easy. They can do whatever they want, and, and they've got the votes. All right, fair enough. It's what it is. It's politics. You, fortunes rise and fall. As I've been telling people, I said, a lot of them are old. I'm young. I got time. Work this problem. That's so, true. You know, hey. that, yeah, that is and by true. By the way, I've got four years. Um, I'm a four year seat. A lot of these are two year seats. So we'll see how things go in two years. Be careful how you treat people, right? Because things do, you know, what goes around comes around. There's a second thing here that's also a baseline issue, right? And just like the Binding Caucus, where I told people, I said, look, if you were going to build a house and you talk to the builder and you talk to the banker and said, okay, guys, we're going to build a house. I want, I want a nice house for you. They said, we're going to do that for you. But Mr. Dukes, um, we're going to build the house the way we want to build it. And when we're done building it, we're going to tell you how much that house is going to cost you and what your interest rate is going to be on the 30 year loan. You're like, what? That's what and you're like. I'm not taking that deal. It's my house. I got, you know, that, but that's what the binding rule is, Mike. And when you really get down to it, that's the bottom line. Yeah. You're being told by the banker and the builder what it's going to be. And you've already promised your vote, no matter what it is. The second problem we deal with here. And I've just found this out from some other legislators doing some research talking about the federal government, you know, U.S. Congress and Senate, and apparently, according to them, every other state. This is one I haven't done research on, so I'm relying on it. Um, when a party reaches the 50% plus one in the election, they're in power. There's no crossing the line. There's no nothing else. They're in power. So if you get, you know, 11 Republicans in, in Mississippi out of 20, Republicans are in power. They figure it out. They have a structure, but they're in charge. Maybe a Democrat comes across and joins them. That's that's fine. But once again, the Banana Republic of Alaska, just like this binding caucus rule that everybody else thinks is insane, has this thing up here. We have to be the anomaly again that, well, you know, a majority of a party in in charge of a chamber or, you know, numbers doesn't mean anything in Alaska. It's like you get 11 Republicans. That means nothing because a couple of Republicans just go over and going to join with Democrats and give them power. Right. You got 11 Republicans and yet the nine Democrats are essentially in charge of the Senate. They said, no, no, they're not. Yes, they are. They're four, four of the eight leadership. There's more, there's more Democrats in the Senate majority coalition than there are Republicans and three of the five power seats. The president's not really a very powerful seat. You look at, well, that's a Republican. Well, that's Gary Stevens. He's very moderate. That's fine. He's, he's admitted it's not a big deal. It is what it is. And like I said, there's different flavor of Republicans, but the power seats are rules, right? Determine what's going to happen to the floor, what bills come through and Two of the three finance seats, the real powerful committee, are Democrats. Three of the five power seats are Democrats. And you got some Republicans saying, well, you know, it's like uh, 
you know, we're, it's not really a Democrat, you know, dominated, you know, yes, it is. Come on, guys. <laughs> but Mike, in other, every other state in the union, Republicans, if they get a majority by one person, they're in charge, they make it work. In Alaska, we have Republicans continuously, even when we send a majority, doesn't matter. They join hands with Democrats and somehow Democrats keep being in charge. Look at the House. You know, more Democrats than Republicans, hasn't mattered. You know, they, they keep having the charge. So we, we do this to ourselves, and it speaks to the underlying structural problems. Alaska is different. It's not the same. State Senator Mike Schauer is our guest. The Michael Duke Show is going to continue. When we return, we're going to talk uh, with him about what's coming up in this next session, you know, in his mind. And then we're also going to talk a little bit about... Where do we go from here? That's all up next. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. Our light, our guide, and our trusted friend. All right, uh, we're in the chat room. <clears throat> Boy, he really needs a beard curler coffee mug, doesn't he? Uh, or Do you see this? Michael- this is why I'm getting better. I'm waking up. Coffee's coming. Need a need a need a better mug is what you need. Uh, we need to we need to get you a Michael Duke show beard mug is what we need to do. Um. All right. Uh, <clears throat> let's uh, let me come back to this. And, and you know this, I had to chuckle when I saw this question earlier, and this was before you came on. Um, but Chris in on Twitch asked the question and, um, and I had to think, I had to think the same thing because I mean, I was constantly hounding you over the last 18 months. Why are you continuing in this same BS caucus that you've got going on where the president is just stringing you along and jerking your chain and, you know, the powers that be, the old guard was basically running the show from the background. Chris asks from Twitch, do you regret your previous membership in the Senate majority? Do you wish something, I mean, should you have, and I'll I'll add to that, I mean, should you have made the change? I mean, your comment before was, well, if we make a change of any kind, we have to do a coalition with, but I mean, that's eventually what's happened. And now the coalition that they made is predominantly Democrats. It's not partially Democrats. It's predominantly Democrats. And it's not even like a pro-PFD caucus. It is a democratically controlled caucus. Um, whereas we had talked about finding those pro-PFD senators out there, both Republican and Democrat, to create a new majority. Well, I mean, do you regret it? And what w- what do you say? Here's, here's a couple things, Mike. So number one, the Democrats don't break up. They stick together, generally speaking. I mean, you got Olson and, and Hoffman, but they've always gone back and forth. They're not like the others. They're different um, from the Bush side. And they've always played that game. But the rest of the Democrats, they stay together. They don't break apart. They, won't, they don't do that. So in negotiations like that, you know, you're not going to get, you know, two or three Democrats to come across. You're going to get the whole shooting match, which is what they did. But, you know, the guys that have been working on this since May, the old guard, they don't care. They've joined with the Democrats before. They've been sent to the basement before. They could care less, Mike. They plan on being there until they die, I guess. So it doesn't matter to them how long they play this game, and they're there for the long game. They just want the power and control and flow of the money. I mean, that's kind of what it really comes down to, the best you can tell looking at it. So, you know, so be it is what it is, like I said. But here's what's interesting, because everybody can Monday day quarterback, right? Everybody gets to throw spears here and say, you should have done this. You should have done that. And I'm certainly honest enough of myself to look at, you know, intellectually honest to go, boy, I wish I would have done that 
or done something different. You can always do that when it's over. But it's like our town hall the other night as people go, I want names. I want you to name names and I want you to do this and do that. I go, okay, okay, I can do that. But if I do that, then that's going to piss off the other politicos down there, politicians. And then in two years, I'm going to get excluded again. And then I'm not going to be effective in doing anything for my district. I'm not going to be in a majority. And you're going to be mad about that. Why didn't you do this? So the question becomes always is like, well, um, what do you really want me to do here? Do you want me to just sit over here on my hill and jump up and down and wave the flag and, you know, and, and be the outlier? Or do you want me to actually try to get money for infrastructure and roads? Do you want me to try to be in a position to, you know, get the best PFD I can get? Because clearly we're getting outvoted on that one every year until this last year, um, which was a unique circumstance. So it's not as simple as people make it out to be, Mike. You know this. You've been in this game for a long time. You've watched it. I can't just do that one thing because that one thing has implications later on. So joining with the Democrats was certainly an option, something that some of us have talked about to go, can we do better? But right now, I count maybe six or seven in the entire Senate that you could might call pro-PFD. They don't, they've already got the numbers to kill it in the Senate. And the House is going to be pretty close to an even split on that. So... You know, what do you want me to do about that? We simply don't have the numbers. You know, we can talk to the governor. We can look at how he might veto things or, you know, play the game and twist some arms. He's got some potential. Depends on what Mike decides to do. I have no idea what that's going to be. So, uh, you know, I think we all have regrets when you look back and go, man, I wish I would have done this or that. But you weren't going to get a coalition with just the Democrats. It would have been a handful of Republicans way over outnumbered by Democrats. And people would have been, you know what, we'd be having this conversation had I done it. Well, Mike, you joined those Democrats and gave them power. Great. (laughs) Right, right, right. You can't really win that argument because somebody's always going to come back and say, well, you should have done this. Well, you should have done that. I'm not going to say I shouldn't have done certain things. There's probably a hundred things I could have done better. Um, So you try to learn from that and move on. But, you know, the reality is, Mike, and we'll talk about this when we get back on radio, there's just because we're in a majority of three, that doesn't matter. There have been majorities of two and three before, and then those people eventually come back into power as things shift and change. So, and we'll see what the House does. And we have a governor that I still have a good relationship with that hopefully we can swing some things. So just because we're in a minority of three doesn't mean we're ineffective, doesn't mean we're not going to get things done. You know, we have a new lieutenant governor that actually seems interested in um, uh, cleaning up some of our election issues, which we had one before that wouldn't touch it for four years, I tried. And you guys know that I've said it a hundred times on the show, you know, try this, try that. Can we do this? And not one thing, not one thing ever happened. Right. So there is positive momentum on some things, but you know, like all things, Mike, yeah, look at it. Like, you know, look at the Democrats when this stuff happens to them. It's oh, this is just a temporary setback. We're working the next one in two years, four years. They keep going. They don't give up. So why should we uh, not give it up? Mike showers, our guest, the Michael Duke show, common sense, Liberty based free thinking radio. Here we go. Okay, one final segment here with Mike Schauer, kind of doing the after-action rehash of the election and everything else. But let's look forward now. Let's look forward to um, this upcoming session. Uh, We've already seen that, uh, you know, uh, the, the Senate president, Gary Stevens, has said, well... 
I don't think ranked choice voting is going to be a thing. And then we saw Kathy Geisel quoted in the paper as saying, we're going to give you the dividend that we can afford and uh, many of these other things. So give us a prediction here, Kreskin. Place that uh, envelope against your forehead with your turban and your magic uh, ball and tell us, what do you think... What what are what are going to be the big things that are coming up in the uh, in this next session that you're going to have to fight against in some way? I mean, I mean, I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but it's obviously a losing battle. I mean, three of you versus seventeen others, you might be able to pull a few, but this is going to be a hard, hard fight. So, give me an idea where you're at. Well, I mean, Mike, you got to be positive, right? I mean, we talked about you know the oh we're upset about this. It's a bummer that didn't happen. I mean, we get all that, but again. Just because there's only three of us versus 17 does not mean that, you know, we're down and out because there's other things at play here, right? Number one, some of those people are going to be in a probably quite a pickle here in about a year and a half when they're running and say they were running with Democrats and they were looking at critical race theory and defunding the police and, you know, increasing the BSA $1,000, which is about freaking $400 million, going to break the bank. Uh, pushing on a defined benefit plan for all state employees that's going to cost us billions we don't have. Watch the PFD get taken and evaporated, you know, again, which has always been like the death knell for a lot of politicians, especially these, you know, four or five from the more conservative areas. So, you know, things are not as as simple as they seem, right? And if the House organizes under Republicans, that's something that's another, you know, uh, arrow in our quiver of working with them because we'll be doing that. And even if they don't, it's going to be a real thin, you know, coalition again, regardless. And of course we have our Republican governor again. So um, we have other avenues to enact change one as, as the first part to do things, to, to make positive change. We have a new Lieutenant governor, like I said, on the break, which people on the radio didn't hear that seems very interested in actually helping clean up issues with the election system that we need, that we got no movement for the last four years. Maybe I'll actually get to see the Shabaka report for a change and find out those 18 recommendations Kelly had for things that I needed to fix and then work with the Lieutenant Governor and just get them done because not everything requires statutory change. Right. As I pointed out in the radio here before, we've discovered a lot of the last, over the last four years, many things that don't require statutory change. They're policy, regulation, which we can just do. So we can have effect positive change that way. Um, so there are a number of things, you know, the governor has the veto pen, Mike, if he wants to, he can look at him and go, if you screw over my three Republican colleagues in the Senate, you don't work with me well in the house two V one, if you will. Um, then, you know, he's got the options to come out and veto. I mean, Jay Hammond, you go back and I talked to Jerry Reinwald, his aide from many, many years ago. And he's like, he would do that. He'd twist arms because the governor has a lot of power if vetoes and goes, Oh, okay. You're going to do this. Well, then I'm your, your bills aren't getting through that matters to people, right? Their personal bills. So, just because we're small doesn't mean we don't have impact. And there will be times, Mike, where they need our votes. Right. Do you think you're going to get the Democrats to vote yes on certain things when there's nine of them and only eight Republicans in that coalition? Guess what? That three equals 11. Yeah, the majority. There may be right. sometimes our partner where they need our votes and we look at them and go, really? You need our votes now, do you? So, you know, where people can sit back and be smug and say, ha, 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 we got them boxed into a corner. Well, maybe for some things, sure you do. There's other times you don't, and sometimes you're going to need help. And in two years, you might lose some of your allies, and all of a sudden things look different. So playing the long game here, Mike, of how this plays out, because there's a lot more at stake, and there's, there's other, like I said, arrows in the quiver to use that are not just because there's three of us and 17 of them. So I'm, I've actually got some hope here, and there's a lot of things we're going to be working on and pushing. And there's going to be amendments and other things happening that are you know um, going to be important for Alaska. 
uh, I'm not going to give up at all on the repeal of ranked choice voting. I, I saw, you know, soon to be President Stevens say we're not interested in that. You know, and a few others, and they're not because they think it works to their advantage, I suppose, or they like it or whatever it is. But I will tell you right now, knocking doors and going through the district, I'm, I would tell you it's about 90% opposed. Yeah. I don't know where um, Senator-elect Geisel is getting her numbers from. Like 76% of the people like ranked choice voting. I'm like, what poll did you get that from? Alaskans <laughs> for better election employees? Exactly. Goodness gracious, because I didn't see that. Uh, I can tell you right now, it was about 85 to 90% in my district against it, walking doors at you know meet and greets, et cetera. People do not like that. And by the way, brother, as I told you, Ranked choice voting is known because we had that political science professor from Stanford give us that, you know, he's done the deepest dive and I brought it up in front of committee, had him brief us, you know, come, come talk to us. It is no, it, it, you talk about voter suppression, that's ranked choice voting. And what did you see last time in 2020, the highest, I think it was the highest vote turnout we had, of course, it was online and all kinds of other stuff, but what was the turnout this time? Yeah. No. 260,000 out of 600,000 voters. It's doing exactly what. We expected it to do. Well, the People lowest. Go, it's too complicated. I hate it. I don't get involved. It suppresses votes, Mike. It's yeah. what it does. 2018 was a record low turnout for a general election. This was even lower by four points, a 10% reduction uh, in this last election. So definitely not. Predicted it, brother. Predicted it right off the empirical data. Yeah. So. A, a couple of things. We're running out of time here. So, I mean, a couple of the hard things that I think, and you've mentioned them, defined benefits. Obviously going to be one of the big flagship bills that the Democrats and the majority are going to want to push because they're already talking about it. The BSA, we're already, I mean, somebody already said it looks like that, I mean, they're we're working behind the scenes. They're talking about a $1,000 increase to the BSA, which I said was 500 yesterday. It's 5,000. That was my bad. Uh, $5,000 already. Now they're going to increase it by another 20%. Um, so we've seen this ever-increasing amount of money, and our scholastic achievement continues to go into the toilet. The 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 uh, the enrollment continues to go down. Uh, but those are going to be some of the big things. How do we fight against that? Well, the, the two answers I gave you is that, one, you hope the House organizes and has the numbers to stop any craziness like that. Policies that don't make common sense, policies that are not going to be affordable. And the second thing is we're going to have to rely on the governor because the ultimate fallback to this, Mike, is the governor looks at that and goes, that is not good for Alaska. That is not affordable. That doesn't make sense. It's bad policy. And the governor vetoes it. And I can tell you this, we've got the numbers to, to protect any overrides. So if the governor does decide to pull out the pen and go, that doesn't work, that's not good for Alaska long-term, fiscal stability, you name it, Mike vetoes it. And they will not get the veto override. So anything he vetoes, it's going to stay. So that's, that's important um, because that means we've got a fallback of Mike. And he's done some. Like, you know, this vaping bill that just came out, that changed it. Well, right. I spoke out against it and voted against it on the floor because I said this is wrong. And it talked about like 18-year-olds being able to die for their country, but they can't buy a, they can't vape. I'm not right. saying it's a smart thing for your health. I'm saying that they should have that right, right? If they're 18 years old, you're either 18 on everything or you're not, right? What's the actual age? And Mike vetoed it to his credit. He said, this is not a good bill. So, and it's not going to be overridden. It's dead. So hopefully the governor will look at some of these policies as well. Mike can back us up and go, that's not good. That's vetoed. That's vetoed. Line item budget craziness that comes out. We saw what happened with education forward funding. You know, remember that we in our constitution, it's unconstitutional to dedicate funds. Well, they got around that by changing the language. Say, oh, we're going to use another D word, designate. Designate. That's dedicated yeah. funds, but it's un unconstitutional. Yeah. But well, because they use the word designate, the court said, oh yeah, you can do that. Even the Alaska Supreme Court shot down the forward funding of education, which I said on the floor 
when my amendment to strip out the forward funding was voted down in the Senate. It's unconstitutional. Supreme Court said it. So it's not all gloom doom, folks. That's what I want you to take away from this. There's positives. Um, there's lots of things can be done. Um, there's lots of ways to skin that cat. And just because the Senate ate purple whatever Republicans decided to join and give nine Democrats the power and the majority in the Senate does not mean it's over. There's lots of ways to block. There's lots of ways to accomplish stuff and move things. And that's what we're going to do, Mike. We're going to be nimble. Um, we'll keep you guys informed. We'll put a spotlight on all the things that are out there. And we'll move forward because this is only two years. And almost anything that's done can be undone anyways. And a lot of the bad stuff can be blocked. It's not like they have super majorities. They don't. Yeah. And they're even going to need our votes on some stuff. So, more complicated, not nearly as simple as people think it is. State Senator Mike Schauer, uh, appreciate you coming on board and joining us. Tomorrow, folks, Representative Ben Carpenter in Hour 1, still working on Hour 2 guests. Friday, we've got uh, Jeff Knox and Chris Chang, The Michael Duke Show. Be kind, love one another, live well. We'll see you tomorrow. All right. So, uh, since you're still drinking coffee... And I'm still here, and we're ready to hang out. we still got 75 folks, 80 folks hanging out with us in the chat rooms. Uh, give me what I wanted to get to was my final question of where do we go from here? How do, we, how do we play the next two years coming up into the next election cycle? I mean, what what is your exhortation to the listeners, to the residents out there uh, over the next two years? What should we – how should we be preparing for the next battle, which – I mean, setting aside the session itself, we're talking about the next election, legislative election. What should we be doing in your mind to try and nudge it more from purple back to red, so to speak, um, or get those people? Because somebody said earlier when I said we're in the minority now, they said, I disagree. With you. I think we're still in the majority, but I think a lot of people just threw their hands up and said, I'm done. That there's a lot of conservatives out there. There's probably a majority of conservatives, but they just are like they're not participating anymore. So, what is your well, what, I, what what would you say is the they battle vote plan? for? They vote for a Republican who then joins Democrats. Of course, they're frustrated and angry because they go, "I voted for a Republican. Woohoo! Then how come nine Democrats control the Senate? I would be mad too. I would be upset if my senator went and did that, right? But uh, other districts, they get away with it. They do that. So. I understand that part, but here's there's we I should have said it on the air, but we'll talk about it over the next weeks and months. Number one, folks, we got to repeal ranked choice voting. This Senate body is not going to touch that. They're not going to touch election integrity. Um, they're not going to touch you know how we select our judges. They're not going to repeal ranked choice voting. They've said as much, and for some of them, it helped them get elected. So number one, we got to work and there's the initiative process. And I'm asking you get involved in it. Give it money. Donate to it. Donate your time. Help get signatures. Help get it on the ballot. Make sure people get out and vote for it. If we get that on the ballot in 2024, I firmly believe the people will reject ranked choice voting, we'll strip it out. And then we can move on and we can start taking certain things back. That's number one, get involved because that's gonna be a, a statewide effort. And we're gonna get outspent again. They're gonna spend tens of millions of dollars, Mike, to hold on to that because they see that as something that's giving them Alaska to the Democrats. So that's number one. Number two is while we have ranked choice voting, we have got to stop running four candidates, four Republicans against each other, circling the wagons and shooting. We need one good candidate in every district that's not going to turn their back on Republican colleagues, that's going to stick with Republican principles and um, enact those, those values. 
And so instead of having two or three Republicans that split the ticket, we need everybody in every district and their party to find that one good, solid Republican candidate and run that one. Let Democrats do whatever they do, whatever. Find one, run the one, and everybody gets behind the one. That's how we're going to beat ranked choice voting, Mike. And we did it on Peltola, right? We split the vote because we had Nick and Sarah. And we split the vote, and there were two people, I won't vote for the other one, and nobody would put the other one as second. And guess what? We got a Democrat, first time in 50 years, half a century. So repeal ranked choice voting, find one solid candidate to run while we have ranked choice voting, and everybody get behind that one in every district. And we can win most of these because in most of these districts, there was enough Republican votes to put a Republican in. There's anomalies like the Merrick McCarty one that was all Republican, but then the Republican decided to join with Democrats. But there was a history for that anyways. Right. So, right. That, you know, there's never a guarantee in it, Mike, but that's the best I think you can do with what we have right now. Repeal that silly thing, get rid of it. Um, but at the same time, learn how to use it, you know, while we have it. You got to play the game while it's there. It's the game in front of you. You can't go out in the baseball field and play football. It's not going to work. You're in a baseball game. So let's find the rules. Let's figure out what makes it work. How's it tick? And let's get smart about it. And for the next election cycles, while we have it, let's get good at playing the game and winning it. We just we can't just give up and throw our hands up in the air. Well, then they will. Then they did win. Right. Don't well, we, we need to engage. Look, we who are active need to engage with those who are inactive or frustrated. Um, and we need to encourage them we need to you know a part of this is the national polarization part of this is the fact that everybody's at everybody's throats right left everything else i mean you know that and people are just especially people in the middle the independents and the undeclareds are like oh god i can't take any more of this and they just wander off in the pucker brush you know we need to engage them and and again in a kind way you know in a way that is not uh venomous in a way that you know it, it's got it's hearts and minds. It's hearts and minds. How to win friends and influence people. That's what we need to be doing. Everybody should get a copy of that book and read it, and then go talk to their friends about politics. That's what everybody should do in a kind, loving, gentle way. Uh, and I don't mean to be touchy feely, but that's what it's going to take because these people have abandoned the field because they're like, what the? F uh, it, none of this works. None of this. You know, oh, I'm just I'm walking off. I'm done. And they wash their hands of it. I mean, I'm in the I'm in the fight all the time, and by the end of the year, I'm exhausted because of all this stuff. Even though I'm trying to be the voice of reason and not be attack, attack, attack. So we're gonna have to do something here. We are. So learn to play the game that's put in front of you, Mike. And unless you're gonna figure out how to burn the structure down and redo it, you got to play the game as it's presented. That's that's why you know people ask, well, how come you just one guy said the town hall? They know all I ever hear is can't. I'm like, dude, you got to add up the math, brother. I went and talked to him afterwards, you know, after we chatted for a bit on the side. I said, unless you have 11 and 21 and a governor that backs you up and then a Supreme Court or, you know, the court system in Alaska that always goes the other way, that's the way the game is. And, yeah, I know it seems rigged right now, and in some ways it is rigged. But we better learn to play the game because that's what's in front of us. That is the system. Yeah. Frustratingly slow at times, and it feels like it's rigged against us. And, and like I said, if you're more conservative, it kind of is. I mean, look at Twitter. I mean, we didn't even talk about the whole Twitter thing. We'll talk about it next week. But goodness, Mike, I'm seeing people pop back up in my feed. I haven't seen for a couple of years because they were just suppressed. They didn't. All of a sudden, I've got like probably several dozen groups and people that I used to see stuff from before 2020 that are back. That's suppression, brother. And maybe it's legal. 
because it's not a government entity doing it. It's a company. But, oh, my goodness, don't tell me. It's not hey, suppression. Hey, it's the algorithm. It's the algorithm. Don't worry. It had yeah, right. nothing to do Put with anything. By people yeah. that were doing it for a reason. Exactly. Right? So, yeah, it is rigged. I get it. But that's – Mike, you fight the battle that's in front of you. you. You can't always shape the battlefield the way you want it. That's the battle we face. And this country is – you know, they've taken over the media and the education system for decades. And they're changing our kids. So, you know, I mean – you just sit back and do nothing, they're going to win. So you better fight, you know, if you want your kids and well, grandkids to still have an America. And I, I think you said it. You said it. We have to remain agile because, again, no battle plan survives contact, right? I mean, first contact and all the battle, all the battle plans change. You've got to remain agile. And so we have to stay agile. We have to stay informed. We have to stay positive. And uh, we can't slide into that um, – uh, you know, the tribalism that we're seeing. I think the tribalism is what's really blowing a lot of the things for it. And quite honestly, final thought from this, um, we need to look inward. We as Alaskans need to look inward. And those who are Republicans especially need to look inward and look at their party as well um, and and say, what are you guys doing that needs to change? Well, there's no doubt that the politicos, um, you know, when you look at some of the things that happen, you know, they're not necessarily aligned with a good portion of the party so that's the reality of it but i go back to the same thing mike michelle says it all the time it's like well are you doing anything about it are you stepping up and running are you getting involved in your district party are you going to meetings are you going to town halls are you volunteering and helping most people don't and they'll give you the thing well i can't afford to i have to work you think i don't you know but you think this is not <laughs> taking away money and time from my family this is painful mike you know you've done it too. There's nothing fun or easy about public service like this. That's usually painful, um, right. financially, time, the whole thing. And but you hear it from people all the time. They complain, "Well, I can't afford to do that." Well, most people that are Republican, conservative, etc., have jobs, can't afford to do it. It's not there. I mean, if it if it if you can afford to do this, Mike, then you're actually getting benefit from it. <laughs> That's what people always complain about. Oh, you're just getting something. Well, most of the time. Um, you're not right, especially at the state level and below. I mean, you're getting very little compensation for what you could be doing right, in the right. private sector. So the question goes back to Mike, if you don't like it, then get involved. We had some new people at the town hall the other night that were talking the same kind of thing. And I'm like, well, then get out and run. A lady at the school board, uh, we had a school board meeting last night up here for the Matsu. And there was a lady there, a brand new baby, two months old. And I remember her last year, we were at that meeting that building having the town hall with all the matsu legislators and she was passionate she got up there and after the meeting was over i looked and said you need to run you got kids you're all fired up about this stuff run for the school board and she did <laughs> she won and her <laughs> husband last night was giving me the laser eyes yeah, like, this oh, yeah. is your fault i said hey yeah. you guys have kids you want to see change this is what you do you take time out of your life to get involved and make a difference and it's painful and he's like yes it is but that's what it takes, Mike. Yeah. Somebody yeah. actually complained about it, stepped up to run and won and is making a difference. That's what um, it's going to so, take. You know, Engagement. It's involvement. hard for yeah. people complain when they will not engage. Yeah, absolutely. So. All right. One final question. Why do you hate Christmas, man? I mean, you got all these Christmas what? lights strung up behind you and none of them are lit. And so I just got to know, why do you hate Christmas? Why? Because it's like freaking 89 cents per kilowatt hour in Alaska for electricity, man. 
<laughs> I only turn them on like limited times when the grandkids come over. Oh, on a come on. It's, it, it's a significant, I mean, come on. You just, it's a sacrifice, man. We all have to make it. My son hung a bunch no, of lights. My outside lights stay on all the time for the, the spirit. <laughs> We're definitely into it, but it's, uh, I do not hate Christmas. I, I know. Christmas. I know. All right. Well, I figure you probably got to go shovel yourself out. Um, I'm working from home today because, my God, 16 inches of whatever out here. Uh, but we appreciate mm-hmm. you coming on board, my friend. Next week, you're going to be back. We're going to be talking. Yep. And then we'll the see you fo- next Wednesday. We'll and talk then, about a few other things. And then the following Wednesday, it's all Christmas all the time, baby. So put your put your elf on the shelf hat on and come on board. We're going to talk about Christmas memories, favorite Christmas music and movies and recipes. So two weeks from today, it'll be a fun show, not painful like this morning well if we're going to talk christmas i was going to tell you that last week or two i wasn't going to do anything because you know i don't want any politics in the the happy season yeah yeah. i love christmas yeah so if it's no politics and we're going to talk like you know it's a christmas story movies and stuff i'm in yeah i'm there two weeks from today it's all christmas all show long two weeks from today so in that case i'll be there. yeah you better you better have a hat on that's all i'm saying you better well, I'll, have, I'll wear my you, santa hat you wear your santa hat you wear it uh all right bike shower Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. It's good to see you. Uh, congratulations again, by the way, on your victory. And good luck, buddy. Good, better you than me. That's all, all I'm saying. <laughs> better you than me at this point. Uh, I appreciate you coming on board. Thanks for uh, being part of the show today. All right, Mike. See you guys. Cheers. All right, folks. We are out of time for today. We ran long, but that's fine. Uh, it's going to be good. It's going to be good tomorrow. Ben Carpenter in hour one. On Friday, Jeff Knox in hour one from the Firearms Coalition. Uh, and then Chris Chang, Top Shot Champion, in hour two. And then Willie Waffle. It's a full, pretty full week this week. Next week, we're going to try and do all the politics that we can in one full week. And then the following is nothing but Christmas, baby. Because Christmas. We need to feel that Christmas spirit, don't we? All right, my friends, we are out of time. Like and share. If you're on Facebook, go over to YouTube real quick and subscribe and ring the bell on YouTube, will you, for me? Because you don't have to watch it on YouTube in the future, but I do need I do need some help getting up to 1,000 subscribers. There's the link right there. I just dropped it in the chat room. Just go over there, hit subscribe, and ring the bell on YouTube. And then you can come right back to Facebook. Because YouTube's notifications, daily notifications, they they are a lot more reliable than Facebook's. So go like us and follow us and do all that kind of stuff. Do all the youtube stuff. All right, my friends. We will see you tomorrow. Have a great day. Go start shoveling. You're going to need it. We'll see you then.
we've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. <laughs> 